Jujuo Cricket. I was sat in the cabinet room and I was like hosting me on meeting. The big man, the fridge is open. He's flown like a gazelle. What can Chris Gale do? He goes long. Oh, you right. You've got a man beside you. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. It's here, ladies and gentlemen, after two to three years of announcements, questioning and a whole lot of... You was A global pandemic and county cricket to utter fury. The 100 is here. Whether or not it'll work out nicely or be a needless use of money remains to be seen. But we're here for the roller coaster, or at very least uh, the uh, slight ups and downs along the way. And I suggest you join us and strap in. Lads, it's finally here. How are we feeling? That is. I mean, first and foremost, it's good to be back and recording a pod because it's been a little while, but I am uh, just relieved, us relieved, I suppose, that, that the 100 is up and running and we can just stop this arbitrary 100 is good, 100 is bad chat, which is, has really got on my tits. Which we will do later on. We will do it, obviously, because it has to be either one or the other, um, but uh, it's got underway and in great fashion too. Uh, so I'm on a bit of a high right now, I, I won't lie to you. So with me today is... Uh, is uh... Nottinghamshire, Nottinghamshire County Cricket Club's chief propagandist, Ollie Gordon, <laughs> Satch Agarwal and stats nerd, Ben Jones. Thanks for my ben, introduction there, Bert. Yeah. You're welcome. You <laughs> don't really have any particular cricketing feature of note other than the fact that you just really don't want England to win. But Ben, you've had a few beers, you've seen a 100-ball cricket match. It's like all of your little Christmases have come at once. I should say, I've had one and a half beers, so, you know, temper expectations accordingly. <laughs> no, I'm 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 very similar. I'm uh, to the propagandist. I'm I'm on a high. I feel like I feel I, f- I felt nervous about the start of the hundred for all kinds of reasons, for practical reasons. Professionally, we've got a lot of you know vested interests in terms of things going well and things not breaking and broadcast products working efficiently and, and appropriately. And they all did. So that was a big tick for me to start with. The <laughs> game could have been a washout and I'd have been absolutely fine with that. You had a little slide in prediction. When it moved with the six, I genuinely like, I don't know, what the, what, I, I don't know what the positive thing of like a tear to my eye is, but it was that. I was like, <laughs> yes, this is it. This is the whole thing. But it, but yeah, I was nervous about that, all of that shebang. But you know, that's that's to be expected. We've got everyone behind the scenes taking taking care of that, and they did a brilliant job, and it went really well. But also, you know, the cricket was fantastic. We've just had a, watched a fantastic opening match with a lovely, you know, sun drenched crowd at the Oval, mums and kids, all of that, yada yada yada. It was just exciting and fun, joyful, not overly analytical, and I just feel like it almost felt like English cricket taking a breath and just being like. Oh yeah, we've had all these debates. Everyone's written their think piece. Some of some of them have written the same think piece a lot of times, <laughs> and and we've just gone. Oh yeah, cricket's really good. It doesn't really matter how long it is. I it mean, finds a way. Yeah, cricket finds a way. As Jeff Goldblum once famously said in Jurassic Park. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have been taking a breath, but by judging by some of the reaction, they've been holding that breath for about three hours out of pure fury. Uh, but tonight. Around 8,000 people at the Oval to watch uh, the Oval Invincibles, who to this day remain invincible, uh, beat the Manchester Originals by five wickets with two balls remaining. So let's get into the match first of all. There was a point during the game when I slightly felt, right, we're getting hit in a little bit of a lull. There's a little bit too much for Oval to do. Kate Cross has gone in there and got three wickets, but we were treated to 
an absolute stonking run chase in the end, weren't we? I was saying this to, to Satch before we started. I think it was really important for, without again getting too analytical, for the sake of the start of the tournament that the Oval Invincibles did drag it back in the, in the way that they did. Um, you know, it wouldn't have been a disaster by any means if if it was a completely one-sided game because, you know, this this tournament and the format is probably judged over the course of, of years, let alone seasons or, or one game. But it just oh, God, think real... of this dis- discourse and narrative for years and years and years. Well, no, because after three games, everyone will be on board and it'll be fine. There will be no, uh, there'll be no arguments. But uh, but no, it was good for, for the tournament and for, for the Invincibles, I suppose, to get it off to a, a tight start because it just, I suppose, increases the appetite for for the format. I don't mean to be a kind of cynic, cynic about it all, but it was good that Kate Cross, I think, was one of the star performers mm. because Cross is such an, uh, you know, a likable media personality as well. She's so prominent in, you know, in the media landscape for the hundreds pr- promotion, and actually her doing really well is, is really good because it just gives her, you know, gives her something to talk about. People who've latched onto it through her uh, will, you know, immediately have a way into the cricket. So I, I, I just think that was a really nice little boost. If, if she'd have got a hat trick, that would have been brilliant. That would have been our Ben Stokes catch at the Oval at the first game of the World Cup kind of moment, just like get everyone on board. But as it was, two and two is not too bad. Let's be honest, do you know what's even better than Kate Cross doing well and what's probably going to make more money for the 100? Harman and Preet Gore hitting bombs over extra cover. <laughs> I'm so glad. I mean, our um, Berber Spin on Twitter, um, follow him if, if you don't already. He's a star. Oh, of course. Um, he was, wait, wait, uh, he, he was he, meant to come on today, but we had to resort for you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm already resigned to being the uh, the future second in demand to Kieran. But he, uh, <laughs> but he tweeted out that, that clip and said, you know, is this geo blocked? And actually, it was, you know, a reasonable point. point. He makes a lot of nonsense yeah. points, but uh, he, he made a very good one, which was that actually that wasn't geo blocked. That's going to go around the world twice before the, and the, you know, before the results got its boots on. Everyone's going to have seen those brilliant shots from Harman Breed Corps. She's a brilliant player. The fact that she's Indian is a boost because obviously that's a huge market to tap into. And Eyeballs. You, it, Eyeballs. It does matter. It does. It does matter. You know, it's it's a shame that it matters so disproportionately, but it re- it really does. I'm, I think I was, again, it was it was a tick in the box. It was, there were so many so many moments tonight where you're just like, yep, yeah, great. That's gone off really, really well. First night of the tournament, big cross in the box. <laughs> Manchester Originals, uh, as someone who is now just moving into Manchester and has lived in the Greater Mancunian area for his entire life, uh, have no idea where the originality works in terms of the, the nickname. Uh, but we could ask a lot of those questions regarding all the different ones, apart from Welsh Fire, obviously a dragon link. But, I think I think originals just for what it's I think it was because they did some surveys on like what people identify with the various areas. And that I think is originals right, yeah. I think it's the idea that like people who are from Manchester and that area of the country see themselves as very original and independent. So and the top was originals behind. and the other options were Manchester Oasis, Manchester Hacienda and <laughs> Manchester Alex Ferguson. Manchester Remy, Manchester Ian Brown. Like, yeah, all of them. Why are it people was, in Nottinghamshire identifying as Rockets then? No, I think the idea behind rockets is like fresh <laughs> hits, cool. Hence why it's like some uh, some vibrant colours, and that's and the, uh, and the trend and the, tre- and the River Trent. I won't have yeah that that is a part of why they're called the River Trent, but not all of it. Uh, the River Trent. Um, I won't. I can't speak negatively of Trent Rockets, so that's of uh, course you can't. You're on the all, payroll. All you're, an, you're an ultra. You think you yeah. tell you what? Actually, I was driving for the uh, for the start of the game tonight, but apparently they they. Seriously, went. I think they spent most of the the hundred budget on py- on pyrotechnics, didn't they? To be fair, it was amazing. So the pyro at the, the start. Emma, when Emma Lamb walked out to bat, 
you could see her on the i'm not sure if it was on the bbc coverage but on the sky coverage um i think they're duplicated anyway but um she was just like gawping and being like oh my god you could see her <laughs> mouthing it and it was just like re- really sweet like that kind of moment of just like yeah no this isn't the ksl this is this is proper this well, is really I mean, pyro no party to, to get yeah to get exactly ser- to get serious for just a second and, and i was listening to the radio but the sense that you got from the commentators i think it was alison mitchell on bbc was almost a bit and i don't want to get too like cringy here and uh and stuff but you know there, there was a sense it was like quite a seminal moment for if not cricket then definitely women's cricket and that, that's obviously been the lead up to the whole competition um and the, the time has taken to get into it but i certainly in my car was a bit like this is you know a bit a, probably a big moment for, for women's cricket and it and it was exciting so i i do hope that came across for for maybe non-cricket fans as well who, who maybe hadn't seen as much of it we, we were having a similar conversation just before we started recording didn't we ollie about how as everybody knows, I couldn't care less about the hundred or couldn't for a while. You know, I hated it. I hate it. It wasn't cricket. It's it's not cricket in my opinion, or wasn't. But you know, I've slowly warmed to it, at least from the women's side. You know, the men's side, I'm still not that asked about. But as you say, I think from the women's side of things, it is. It looks like it could be something really special. And do you know what? I can properly get on board with that. And the fact that there's Indian players playing it, like I'm, 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 I'm very invest. I'm quite invested in the in the women's side of it, even probably more so than the men's. And um, you know if 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 this helps progress women's cricket, women's sport in this country or in other countries as well, then I've got absolutely no complaints. And actually, it's I think I think that's not an uncommon point of view. That actually, a lot of what people don't like about the hundred is the idea that it's maybe a bit commercial, mm. the idea that maybe it's a bit artificial and it's not necessarily advancing anything. But actually. In terms of the women's game, it does have the potential to really do some proper good. The WBBL is the obvious comparison, and that is a fantastic tournament. Like in terms of the quality of play and the, the you know the ease with which people can follow it, I think that is that is the template. Whether it's T20 or T10 or hundred balls, it doesn't matter. The idea is that it's a concentrated eight six teams, and it's really good quality. All the best players in the world. It's a shame the Aussie girls aren't over here because that would amplify it. But the fact that the Indian players are makes it huge. If Shafali Verma goes and smacks a ton for Birmingham Phoenix, that's going to be bigger for the tournament than any close game or anything that could happen in terms of traditional values. Those moments are going to be worth so much because it's just going to grab a whole new audience. Cricket fans, but from around the world. And as well, the fact that the first game is a women's match. And, okay, I think think there is a lot of, worthy wider discussion about the fact that this is only going to be the only women's group stage game which is on your tellies on bbc2 on free to air all the sky sky are showing them all for free on youtube but this is the only game which is on free to air when you switch on your tv but a game on prime time on bbc2 8000 people in the stands yes a lot were given free tickets but 8000 people in the stands and hundreds of thousands of people watching at home it's a hugely seminal unseen moment in English women's domestic cricket and I think a lot of people aren't quite potentially grasping that no this this is the fresh start well not a fresh start but the next step for women's cricket and if it was T20 it'd be T20 and if it was the 100 it's the 100 but this is the format that we've got and ultimately this is the thing that will or I almost undoubtedly take interest in the women's games to the next level in this country. The format um, of the competition is far more important than the format of the match. 
the idea that it's concentrated, that there's a small number of teams that people can follow and there's a game a day. So you know, oh, there's there's one match today. I'll check in. Oh, I know that such and such playing such and such. I can keep tabs on it. You know, I know that my team is playing every three, four days and I can watch it. That is so important to the casual fan. But I also think that when you're talking about the kind of these seminal moments for the women's game, I think what what we need to be talking about as well, yeah, we can watch it on YouTube, and yeah, it's a shame that there aren't more matches on BBC. I, I think there are meant to be a lot more matches next year, both the men's and the women's. But I think that cricket fans and, and cricket journalists like myself try to cover the game, suddenly are you know faced with the fact that you can't get away with not covering the women's game to the same degree that you cover the men's game because there is such obvious parity of scheduling. I've always tried to cover the women's game from a, a behind-the-scenes professional point of view as well as the men's game. But by necessity of time and stuff, we've always been limited what we can do publicly. But now, suddenly, well, why wouldn't you cover the, the women's game as publicly as the men's? Because the, the visibility of the game is exactly the same and the scheduling is the same. And the branding is the same in everything else behind the scenes that people talk about as being cynical and clinical. But actually, it matters. Because all of a sudden, you don't deliver on that, then you're not delivering on your job. And I think that pushing, putting pressure on people to publicise and promote the game in that manner, I think, is a really important step. And I don't think once you've taken it, you can take it back. The fact that all the games are on the same day is such an enormous, enormous thing. I imagine you'll get, uh, particularly with the weekend games, not so much the midweek games, but given that obviously because a lot of the women's games start when a lot of people will still be in work but every single men's game has the exact same women's game on at the same time and so as a result they will be covered because they're in that package that's easy to follow in terms of not just people watching but also people journalists highlights packages it's all there in one so it's just easy to stumble across the match today Manchester Originals opting to bat first but a slow and steady start from then. Lizelle Lee, 42 from 39 balls. Ben, the, and this is something that we'll see potentially more and more over the course of the tournament, the idea of risk. Did that surprise you how slowly that opening pairing got going in the game? It did a little bit. I think that to an extent it was actually quite useful because I think when I was listening to a little bit of the BBC coverage, I think Michael Vaughan was talking about the idea that you've got the opportunity to, you know, in T20 cricket, you can play yourself in, but you can't in 100 ball cricket. It's, it's a funny inversion of, you know, what we think of as traditional and what's the, the modern formats now. But I think that that's actually the kind of thing which might, we might realise is a little bit of a myth. I don't think the formats are going to be that different in terms of pacing. What you're basically sucking out is a tiny little bit of fat from the middle. And in the same way as a lot of the successful T20 sides down the years have done very well by being conservative in the power play with the bat and just making sure they you know do relatively well for a few overs don't lose a wicket thinking of sunrises in you know in 2017 those kind of tom moody sides where it's just like you know get to the sixth over one down and then we'll deal with stuff from there so i think that whilst it whilst, whilst it did feel a little bit anticlimactic in some respects you wanted to see you know lizelle lee hit some bombs early on it almost kind of tempered expectations to a, a reasonable in a reasonable degree, I think. I think it was helpful because it meant that, you know, people weren't coming into this thinking, oh, you know, shit, it's, t it's T10, basically. You haven't just got to whack it. I think that by them being a little bit more conservative, they've almost done the tournament and other teams a little bit of good because it's, you know, basically leveled the playing field and said, you know what, this is just basically the tempo of T20 cricket, slightly shorter. You don't need to come out and bat like absolute maniacs from the get-go. You can still do very well and be very successful 
by just taking a look, having a look at the pitch, seeing the ball seam around a little bit. It did a bit early as well. There was there was a, a, a fair bit happening, particularly for Marazan Cap. Um, I mean, everything happens for Marazan Cap all the time. She's a brilliant bowler. But the point is, is that actually you have got time to to pause and reflect. You haven't just got to come out and swing from from ball one. I think, and I, I think that's valuable. That the example for that happened in the first game. It's not taking five, six games. People swing and nicking off and being thirty for three every time. Straight away, it was like, yeah, this is this is where we're at. I think the change of format is going to take uh, some adjusting to, even though what's a hundred, like 20 balls fewer, four, four old money overs fewer, it's the fact that it is basically di- different terminology. Does that still create some, you know, adjusting to the fact that there's that the set of balls are divvied up in a different way? Or is it like, let's let, let's approach this as we would a T20, whatever our T20 brand is, whether that's get going from the outset or let's get our way through the out power play and then see, see what's going to happen. Can you, is it a direct sort of pick up style of play and drop on the hundred? I'll, I'll let Ben answer this properly, but I just wanted to chip in that um, at the end of the game in the, in the post-match interview, uh, I think it was Dona Ivan Nikirk who said, um, she said like, I was, I was, I was, looking at the, the balls left and trying to chase it. I, I was still doing it in old money in terms mm. of overs. I had to do all the maths in my head. Not great PR, so, that is it? It wasn't great PR, <laughs> I but I just found it were, interesting. I can't I thought work it out five balls or ten, but uh, I think so I'm going to divide by six, which is a hard number to the point. I thought was going to tackle us the ground. I, I thought it was interesting that, like, actually, you know, this is it's not just adjustment for the for the fans. It's not just adjustment for the for the public. It's actually adjustment for the players as well. Or some of the players who the way they think about the the game. You know, obviously we probably don't appreciate that a lot of these players have got like their inner calculators working in their heads when they're chasing the game. You know, Coley talks about it all the time, for example. And that you know, how does that inner calculator change, or how does it have to be rewired to adjust to five balls or ten balls and over as opposed to six? You know, it's it's an interesting tactical point of view from the players as well. Yeah, I mean it. <laughs> these guys and these girls have been playing cricket their whole lives and as a result their brains are attuned accordingly they know what they're they know what they need to do and they know what when they glance up at a scorecard they know what they're looking for in terms of their cues for where the game is and part of the reason for the way that the 100 has been branded and presented is that new fans don't have those cues they don't have those little nuances of just like glancing and being like oh shit the run rate's above nine runs per over this is getting a bit tasty they don't have that so being able to just go oh they need runs off balls that's how they can get themselves into the game but you're right to point out like how difficult it could be for for current players and people who've grown up playing with the with the old style in inverted commas because actually yeah the format will Will demand new things of them in terms of their their mental approach to the game. I think I think it was it was funny the way that the, that Van Niekerk spoke about that after the game because it was like that is how current fans are are looking at it. I got a lot of messages from people on Twitter kind of asking like how do I, you know, how do I compute the run rate or the required run rate? Oh come and, on, uh, like can they not do that themselves? No, but like but but genuinely like what do you, how do you how do you kind of compute it if you're just looking you're seeing you know it's eighty or fifty and stuff like what if you rely on required run rate a big thing of mine is i think in a d20 match the required run rate should be on screen at all times i think that's a that's a huge insight into where the game situation is you um, wouldn't believe the, the number of letters that sky have had from a b jones about that <laughs> which is weird because he works in you know he works in the building it's kind of strange <laughs> that you write a letter um but i do think that the, the, the point is is everyone's had to make a bit of a choice so on our app we've on the creepies app we've chosen to put required run rate but adjust for five runs per over so if the required run rate if you know if they need 20 runs of 25 balls the required run rate is four so that's the way that's kind of the way that you you divvy it up but i do think that it's going to change the way that players think about the game i don't think it'll change the way they 
play it. I think that's the biggie. I don't think there's actually much, kind of, there's, there's, I don't think there's much to be done in terms of, you know, the way you approach a chase or the way you pace a chase. I think the biggie is going to be the five ball, 10 ball overs in inverted commas, because I think that genuinely is an innovation that we've not seen before. And I was surprised, I don't know what you guys thought, I was surprised by how often we saw that today. I was expecting to see more of five, 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 and the odd 10, but actually Oval in particular went with a lot of sets of 10. That's that's interesting. There's, there, you know, the, which teams choose to go with the innovations and which teams resist them, I think is gonna be quite a key pattern of play over the coming weeks. You could see it very early on, was it, was it Marisan Cap who opened the bowling? And, uh, and she was just immediately kept on uh, by her wife, who's the captain, <laughs> uh, giving her, yeah, go, I'll give you another five for cup five balls. But they were, it was a bit of a slow start. Keep them on. You can keep them on at the same end. Uh, and yeah, that's, it, it is objectively probably the biggest tactical change in terms of actual tactics rather than just psychological mindset. I mean, I'm genuinely really excited to see what how the uh, the men's players who are maybe a little bit more grooved in terms of specific roles, just because the quality across the board is slightly higher consistently, not necessarily in individual players, but you know, guy, generally the guys are more grooved into particular roles. So like David Willey can't bowl at the death, you know, does he's not he's not good enough to do it. So he'll bowl earlier on in the phase, earlier on in the innings. Maybe he might even bowl twenty out of the first twenty-five. I think that I think that's where we might see it come into its own. Um, although there are obviously women's players who will very much use that to their advantage. I was surprised, you know, Sophie Ackleston was a really a really obvious example for me of someone who could have been very easily backloaded and could have bowled twenty of the last twenty-five because people can't hit her. So you put her at the end, and you see, and, you see, and she know. and she did get hit, and it was a great finish. Which, which uh, is the point. That, I mean, that's why it's that's why it's so exciting. Is that you know you've got that wrestle between the obvious, you know, statistical, you know, basis of you know, well, she can't she can't get hit. She's Sophie Eccleston. She's a hero, and then she does, and it's like, well, hang on, where does this leave our strategy? This is fraud. This is the best thing. This is the best thing about T Twenty leagues, hundred leagues, whatever. It's, Exposures it's, fraud. These, oh. these narratives develop. It's great. You had one. F- night of it I'm all your bit, folders love it of research. so much all your folders of research being ripped up and deemed uh, yeah. deemed useless but, I, but that's the all like matchups being rendered useless he's got he's got, 30, <laughs> he's got 30 gig on matchups just on his phone but i love it i love it so much because like i do all this work in the advance of a tournament and i spend all this time and you know my girlfriend walks through and i'm just like you know i think eccleston could really you know, could work really well at the end of the innings maybe she could bowl 20 of the last 25 and, you know, and then she, she nod, goes don't nod. be silly ben she'll get hit in that first game that's just ridiculous yeah she is obviously the real brain to find the operation but then you but then you go into the first game and suddenly everything's torn up and i think it was i think it was Arrigo saki who in football said that um football is chaos which you impose order on and then chaos ensues that's kind of how t20 leagues work is that from the outside you look back you look at it and you're like okay so this is madness it's a bunch of players you don't play together and then you analyze it and you build a structure where you go, okay, well, they're going to be good at this. They're going to be good at this. And then you start playing and then everything evaporates and it goes back to being chaos again. And oh. the issue is trying to impose order back on it. And that, yeah, it's brilliant. I really hope that people who don't watch T20 leagues watch the 100 and realize how good this stuff can be. And it was fantastic to actually have a proper game on our hands in the first game. As I said, there was, there was, a, there was a dip halfway through the uh, the over innings where you were like, there's just no chance it's going to happen. And bearing in mind, they chased it down with two balls to spare, so 135 for six for Manchester and Oval 139 for five off 98 balls. But it's worth bearing in mind that at one point in the innings, Oval Invincibles were 12 for three after 16 balls. To come back from that point 
and effectively uh, the wives' partnership just completely dominating the bowling was really, really exciting to see. I think what makes, like, from my point of view, as a result, there was um, scope for those who enjoy the nuances of cricket to get into it as a result. I mean, those who, you know, were maybe watching it for the first time weren't as aware that that was that a victory is therefore improbable because because of the nature of the game but we're still able to enjoy the you know the state it was in yet those who were maybe more attuned to how cricket works could therefore enjoy the fact that they came back from a, a very difficult position if that makes sense so it, it suited both both parties in that sense and yeah i mean that's i suppose what I, I i meant earlier when i said that it was good for the for the game for the tournament that it started in the way that it did because everyone is whether you're a cricket lover traditionalist who is watching or new to the game you, you're probably quite interested in the game as a result of, of the way that game went and at the end of the day uh, the old adage of catches win matches came absolutely <laughs> in at the end i mean poor georgie boyce will probably be thinking about that one that just dollied up to her uh, for the rest of the evening but yeah a properly exciting match to get us all underway and and this and this might this might sound like a patronising comment, but I'm as someone who doesn't regularly watch women's cricket, you forgot it was a women's game, and I'd like to think that a load of people around the country were also thinking that because you're given this weird new format, but at the end of the day, it's still defined by an excellent sporting performance and all the drama that you would get in the men's game. What, I mean, what do we like about cricket? Is it that it's played by blokes? Is it that it's played over six ball overs? Is it that it's played over 20 all, overs, 50 all, overs? All of those. All, all of, of those, those things, things obviously, they have to be blokes playing it with overs. In Your spectator column is coming along very in, nicely. Uh, in, uh, <laughs> in, in white, Good. and they have to be playing at an outground at a rundle. Ideally, <laughs> ideally <laughs> But the point is, is that that's not what we like about the game. What we like about the game it's people hitting balls with a big bat and it being close. Not too Actually, big about that, that's illegal. Not too big about that, that'll annoy the wrong people as well. Um, but, the, <laughs> but the point is, you know, cricket fundamentally is a brilliant sport that will survive any kind of, you know, any kind of tweaks, any kind of changes. You can, you know, you can reduce it as much as you want. You can swell it as much as you want. We've played it to an infinite time period and we've played it to 10 overs and it's been exciting the whole time. So guess what? It's no surprise that a game that lasts two and a half hours, whether it's between blokes or between women, it's still really exciting. You know, bring on the next couple of weeks. If we have four or five more games like that and a bunch of games that are even clo- even vaguely as good as that, then we're, we are genuinely and something really special. Edged through. Yeah, soak it up, done it for Newkirk. The skipper has got a team over the line and the very first match of the 100. A friend came over visiting from Geneva, came to visit us this evening, and she was just like, yeah, my boyfriend's bought us a ticket to go watch some cricket on Sunday. And I was like, where is it? And she was like, it's at it's a Lord's. I think it's between, you know, there's some men's cricket and some women's cricket. And I was just like, I was high-fiving. I was running around the room. I'm guessing that in like a week's time, you'll see that French friend and she'll be walking down the street in pads and be like, je joue au cricket, all that. <laughs> Practicing a leg spin down the road. speaking piece that. Just me right yeah, on. I don't think that was very accurate. So, uh, come on, we're not we're not using the old word tonight. 
Oh, you can you can use the angle. I did like uh, Dinesh Kartik on comms, who's an absolute hero, one of the great men, trying to basically, he, he said right arm over and then had to like describe what it meant. He was like, <laughs> uh, by which I mean, uh, from the left-hand side of the umpire. It was really sweet. He was just like really trying to be like, He's good, isn't he, DK? And uh, DK bringing far more style to the equation than uh, Tuffers and Vaughan would in the, in the commentary box. But more broadly speaking, as well as that, there is an explicit purpose of the 100 and it is to... <laughs> It is fundamentally to entertain, and as a result, all of the, a lot of the stuff which is getting everyone's attention is almost all the you could describe it as guff or surrounding stuff around the tournament, the the whole tournament package. So, what did we make of of tonight's game in a way as as a piece of entertainment that would bring other people in? I mean, personally, I think that it was ideal. It didn't look it didn't look fuddy duddy. It didn't look old fashioned. It, you know, the the music has been much ridiculed, and like, you know, personally, I don't think it has much bearing on, you know, proceedings at all. But it, the 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 setting of it, nothing about it felt, you know, like it was excluding anyone. It did feel inclusive, and I think that is a good thing. As we've already spoken about the idea of, you know, clipping up the best shots and the best wickets and getting them out on social media, I think that is a huge thing that they need to nail. And by the looks of it, they've smashed it from ball one. You know, you get these get these little clips up on social media and they will they will fly and they will do well. But also I think that, you know, I saw some some pushback on the graphics, but I also saw saw some people um kind of embracing the graphics and saying that actually they did a reasonable job of simplifying it in a, in a very straightforward way. It's quite difficult when you're a very, you know, when you're a diehard cricket badger to be like, well, it's not simple. It's like, well, you're not the person who would know that. So why, why are you, you know, expressing that opinion? I think broadly, I think they've, they've succeeded from the start in what they set out to do, which is to create something which is coherent, which is branded throughout for everything follows through from one another nothing feels like it's set up for a traditional cricket crowd in a bad sense but i do think there's enough there to keep a traditional cricket crowd if you are engaged with t20 cricket if you don't like t20 cricket you won't like the 100 <laughs> of course you won't <laughs> but i think but i think if you like t20 cricket and you don't like the 100 then i don't quite know what you like about t20 cricket i wanted to say something that is potentially very blasphemous but from i say it from a from a numbers point of view, as a numbers man point of view, I really do think that 100 balls for a casual fan is more intuitive than 120. And I, 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 I didn't realise this until today when I was sat there watching... I, I wasn't watching the game, but I was following it on Crick Info. It, it really is a lot more intuitive for a casual fan. Now, it, it's, it's wrong. It feels wrong because I'm, I'm, I'm a purist. I'm a proper cricket fan. I love test cricket and I'm better than everybody else because this of that. This is going to be another reason to dislike England for everything they've done to your favourite sport. <laughs> But, but he's right. He's right. It, it, it is really intuitive, you know. Runs per ball is is one point something. Multiply that by hundred. Even your thickest person out there can probably do that. Some you know, to some level of accuracy. It's it's <laughs> it is it's a lot easier to do than one hundred twenty. From numbers point of view, one hundred is a lot easier. Yeah, than but, but we aren't we aren't calculating t twenties in terms of one hundred and twenty. Like that's why that's why they use overs. Like if you get what I mean. Even still, the point is is that hundred balls is as. On cricket, metric as you can get, it's the most outside world. It, you know, the, the people. I, I think there's you know, there's a lot of very reasonable people who have issues with the hundred, and I, I don't want to dismiss people as you know everyone who dislikes it as being being uh, being old fashioned. And there are or, issues. Or, or dim, or being you know you know not wanting to progress the game. That's not the truth. That's not the case. There's lots of very reasonable. Well, you've, you've given me it. a load of options there in the edit, haven't you? Yeah, no, I really did. Uh, I, I left you a few. But what I would what I would say is that. There is always in cricket pushback when you start using new measures. 
So I've been using kilometers per hour as my default measure of pace for a pace bowler um, in on Twitter and on, uh, in, you know, in written stuff for about three years now. And that's because the most most of the world uses it. But I still get grumpy, you know, I still get grumpy old man saying, why can't you use miles per hour? I simply can't compute how fast, uh, you know, uh, Marazan cat bowls unless I can compare it to how fast I can drive on the M1. And it's like, it's... it's <laughs> to be fair, it, that is a, is a useful comparison. <laughs> yeah, and no, what, I, what I do like most about miles per hour is the sense that, in, a, in effect, it's physically impossible to go past 100. So it's like, it's like it's physically <laughs> limited from 0 to 100. And I know I will toddle up and do 35 and I'm like oh that's quite slow and then you see someone hit 93 and you're like they're actually hitting the physical realms of possibility <laughs> the point of what I was saying was the idea that like measures and metrics and all these kind of different stuff they seem odd the first time you use them and then you use them for a bit and then they seem fine it's exactly the same way as if you ever um, think of a band name when you start a band all of them sound rubbish but then as, as soon as you think about any band's name being, you know, hearing it for the first time, you realise that all band names are rubbish. Oasis is a terrible band name. When they first came up with that, you're like, what should we call it? Oasis? What a terrible, genuinely And that was before name. the diluted fruit squash as well. <laughs> so there was no confusion. But the point is, is that as soon as stuff becomes familiar, it becomes good. That's how most things work. And I think that there's, there, that's been a, a hugely underrated element of, of proceedings is that most things that seem weird and horrible to traditional fans are basically weird and horrible because they're new. And so as soon as the they're not new, they get better. In I'm going to come out and say the 100 is metric and T20 is imperial. There we go. I mean, I mean, I mean cricket's we've, imperial, We've, we've, we've got fair. Edward Said on this. So. <laughs> Cricket is imperial. You are right, Bertie. So, to be fair, I think one of the big talking points tonight were the graphics, primarily because I had a missed call of my 93-year-old grandmother and I had a voicemail, and I was like, oh, no, 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 oh, what's gone wrong, what's gone wrong? I've never, ever had a voicemail from her before. I was like, what was it? I'll quickly ring her. Ring her and she goes, I'm enjoying this, the 100, uh, but I have no idea what the score is. <laughs> Because with the fact that everything is in a different position, she had absolutely no idea what any of the score was. So I had to say, well, on the side, the two bars, which increase with the number of balls and runs, at the top, they're the score. And in the bottom left is the runs. And then the bottom right is the wickets. And I think if you are trying to market to someone who's 93, they can get behind the content, but maybe your graphic placement needs slightly improvement. And I should point out that she said uh, she was really enjoying watching uh, Kate Cross play and uh, she knew Sophie Eccleston was very good. If you want me to comment on the graphics uh, without relation to your grandma, I can do that. Yeah, go ahead. If you want me to talk about her, I I can't. (laughs) Well, uh, do the the first. (laughs) Okay. Well, what I will say then is that uh, I realised tonight for the first time that we have a fixation on figures to do with the person in cricket, which actually is almost irrelevant like just looking at those sidebars i.e i don't know 68 runs off 30 balls that is all you need and that middle bit i mean you'd never get a football match you never get a football score where you had the score and then the assist and the score and the goal scorer next to it which is essentially what we do in cricket we have there like the personal statistics next to the, the wider score which maybe does confuse things a bit and it maybe is quite actually intuitive to go runs balls who cares what the you know how many balls that person's bowled, or how many that per- how many runs? I think probably more pertinently that person has scored because it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of the game. I agree. I think that there is 
an obvious argument for just trying to simplify what is the game situation. Um, I would say that, given that the win predictor um, is on screen. Actually, I, you don't actually want the score at all. all I just have the model. I, is, I just have the, the model percent. API updating and live on with, screen. Why? With a load of people coming into the room and going, right, there's 99% chance of them winning, but I have no idea if there's another hour to go or not. I don't really see why you need to broadcast the cricket at all, to be honest. I mean, the model's so exciting. To be fair, <laughs> what's what's like the, the the classic joke about like people who don't know anything about cricket? They come into the room while you're watching a cricket game and they go, who's winning? And you're like, well, nobody X the first innings, but that will oh, predict look, the oh, source. Look, Sa- oh, look, Satch has described our entire business plan. <laughs> it's like, guess what? If you, have a, if you have a product which explains to the layman who's winning a game of cricket, it's actually quite useful. And it actually yeah, works yeah, really yeah. well, particularly in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a tournament where you're trying to attract new fans so hopefully to be honest tonight we actually saw it less than we, we expected to we think we th- we think the model should play more of a uh, more of a role as the tournament goes forward it, it's relevant it's relevant and there was that wonderful moment tonight where a six was hit and the win predictor moved live and it was like yeah this is this is what you know there's an opportunity here for, for a really new exciting element of the game now that's not just me speaking from a personal point of view i do think that Speaking and you know focusing on the team performance is a is a really valuable thing, and you know you're right to bring up the idea that that individual performances may be focused on because it's not just you know cricket is an individual sport played in a team environment, and we shouldn't ignore that we should never run away from that, but it's really important that we also realise that for the casual fan, you know is someone on twenty is someone on twenty five it's important and you want it on screen and it is on screen that's not been taken away, but it's probably more important to have you know. What is the score? How many runs are there? How many runs of that balls are there left in the innings? How many wickets have been lost? Having those as the prominent things on screen, visibly foregrounded by the graphics, I don't think is a bad thing. I, I can see what I can I can completely see why people don't necessarily love it. I do genuinely think that, but at the same time, it's you know, it's not the end of the world. To be honest, I, th- I think all they could do is switch switch it round slightly. I think they could probably put the the score and the balls left in the center. Put the find a way to put the the batsman score, batter scores on the left hand side and put the bowlers on the right and switch around. I think that'll probably make make things a lot clearer for everyone and make it and maybe easier. and maybe they will next year because I think that's yeah. that's the point. We're, we're, I, we're I experimenting. Think it's one of those, this, this is the first time we're going at it, and I think they've they've really tried to make this work in a particular way, and I, and I, I do think they've succeeded to a degree. Maybe next year will be different, but that's you know things. If, if, if you view this as a project rather than just a one a, you know a one off experiment, then suddenly everything becomes a bit softer and a bit less you know everything's heightened to the nth degree. Mm. Look, I mean, the IPL was in its first season. Now look at it. It's, you know. Exactly. And I, I mean, I mentioned my gran in jest, but it was to illustrate the general point that, yeah, uh, there's a lot going on on that screen. And if you are walking in first time, if you're used to watching football or rugby or almost any other sport, the score's in the top left-hand corner and there's a hell of a lot going on. I did, and not because it's in any way practical for the viewing, I love the touch that when there's more runs and more balls, the bars go up, and when they're chasing it down, the bars go down. Big fan yes, of that. Yes, Even though you please. end up watching everything in 4-3 aspect ratio like you're watching a 70s football match. So <laughs> m- maybe in the long run, potentially not that optimal. Do you know what cricket is? Cricket? It's like, it's, it's... Isn't that the one with the things on the floor and you put them with the balls? No, that's croquet. So, uh, the 100 for a competition which is uh, hardly even been around and actually is so short in terms of duration for the match has generated more narrative content than any other competition in the history of cricket. So, we're not actually just going to bog down in looking at all the intricate details of what what the sort of big pros are, what the big cons are, whether there was another option. We, 
you've all heard this before. You've read enough columns in The Telegraph and The Spectator and The Guardian and all the papers for the past two years. So I don't think we really want to overdo it. But having watched this first match tonight, I think it's important to pose the question and see whether there's an answer so far. What constitutes a success for this first season of The 100? And could we see any sense of whether it will be a success from that first match tonight? I'll just chip in with a short, succinct answer to begin with. For me, I think, forget the men's game, I, I, I think the men's game will be fine regardless. I think if the 100 is a success, it will be because it's accelerated the growth of the women's game. And I think that more than anything else will be the key, uh, the key metric for me. I think the key metric as well is that, I mean, fundamentally, let's let's set expectations at a reasonable level. Given everything that's going on in the country at the moment, given things opening up and everything that's going on with COVID in terms of cases increasing, if the tournament finishes without huge disruption, then we've done well. Not necessarily in terms of what it's set out to be, but in terms of where we are now in the actual reality of 2021 Britain, everything's up in the air. Everything is, is very loose and very open in, 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 a, in a very genuine sense. I do think that if, if we can get to the end without the sporting integrity of the competition being compromised too much, then I think we've, we've done really well. In terms of its broader goals, I think mm. we just need to have more games like tonight. More games where people who don't necessarily watch women's cricket or watch cricket full stop switch on, think this is actually really entertaining. They don't necessarily need to think, you know, Phil Salt, vulnerable to leg spin, as long as they've all uh, Googling on a good length, six to eight metres, turning back into him, he's going to be done for here. As long as they can tune in to the casual narrative of the match and have an emotional response to it, which lives longer than the overs and the bulls involved in the game they are watching, then it's, you know, probably need a couple of those. We probably only need, you know, five or six water cooler moments, as they call them, across the season. And suddenly we're looking at a competition which is creating things and doing good for the game. Anything less than that, we probably need to have a bit of, bit of a look at, you know, why we, can, why we can't do better. Anything more than that, and we're in dreamland. But as long as we can deliver those kind of moments and that kind of experience to the casual fan, then I think you know it's very much been a success. I completely agree with both both Satch and Ben from the competition and the tournament point of view. I think it's worth noting, I suppose, the more macro intentions of the hundred as well. Like it, you know, people the ECB want this competition to do well for you know inherently, but let's not lose sight of the fact that their core aims is to get people into the sport a and to sustain county cricket without having to rely on international ticketing essentially and i don't obviously think that you can define whether that's been the success therefore in in, in a year or in a, in a few matches of course um but get down the line if we are able to if there is a you know evidence traceable link between the fact that we've got six year olds eight year olds playing dynamo's cricket and therefore going into the game and we've got county cricket clubs who are sustainable and aren't in fear of you know going out of, of business essentially then then it's going to be a success as well obviously completely agree with the, the competition itself and inherent, inherently and what constitutes constitutes success in that regard but you know it's 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 a long-term project this and not necessarily one that we can deem a success just after after a season i suppose i just think that an important point to make as well is that whilst the 100 i think will have a really good impact if it succeeds and you know if it does well then we're in a really really good situation it will be driving engagement in English cricket that we haven't seen for years. But we should also say that things like the Dynamos program and things like the All-Stars program and everything that yeah the ECB has done over the last five, six years, it's important that we don't disregard all of that kind of stuff. It's important that we don't disregard county cricket and the role that it does play as well. Like these are these institutions are important and 
part of the reason why I push back against a lot of the criticism of the hundred is the you know people throw the idea that it's going to kill county cricket. Well, as long as you know, if I have anything to do with it, which I hope to over the coming years, it's not. It certainly won't because I want county cricket to succeed. It's important. It's a, a valuable part of the structure and the infrastructure of English cricket. I think part of you know building that trust between counties and hundred sides and the hundred as a competition is giving them appropriate credit. So not just saying, yeah, the 100 was the silver bullet that saved English cricket. There have been programmes and, and people involved in the game for years, and there will be for years to come, that aren't 100-based. And that is as important for saving the game as anything else. Not to be but, new, too nuanced about it. I don't want to go all centrist dad on you. Um, but I think I think it is important. The questions as to what will constitute success for the 100 would be exactly the same questions and answers being posed for a franchise T20 or a refashioning of the blast with a two-tier system, which are potentially your other options. So whatever the option that was gone for, the aim is ultimately still the same. And what people are sort of arguing about in terms of the 100, ultimately we're, we're, viewing, we're viewing a success through the same metrics as those other options. Those other options also would have been imperfect. If you have a eight-team T20 franchise then does that it does that potentially make it too similar to county cricket and mean the blast is devalued if you have a two-tier blast system does that mean that lanks and surrey and yorkshire are going to be in the top tier every year and the other nine teams at the bottom are just going to gradually dwindle it's a it's an imperfect answer in effect and secondly coming back to your suggestions about what what's the destruction of county cricket Oh, but trying it's not going to do that basically the, the the tournament is separate from the county game and it is part of a wider strategy to grow english cricket there are multiple different things either the dynamo stuff or even the continuation of the blast in its in its current form because it's still very popular there's loads of different aspects to generally trying to grow or at least sustain the game in england and i think people slightly need to widen their horizons on that rather than just actually focusing on this singular month of cricket the thing that would destroy english cricket is doing nothing there needed to be some change people who are in their right mind might disagree on the idea that maybe it needed to be the hundred but people who are in their right mind wouldn't disagree on the idea that it needed to be a change in some respect most people would say that, you know, as you say, some people would argue that maybe there needs to be two divisions in the blast. I, I personally refute the idea that that works, given that the second, you know, the, the second tier in inverted commas counties already really struggle in terms of attracting TV audience, audiences and bodies at the ground. That's that's already an issue. The minute you actually literally label them as being second division t20 blast counties i think that's when you really reaffirm a problem so i think it needed to be an eight team centralized city-based system personally i wouldn't have had any problem if it had been a t20 format i don't think anyone really would have it would have been absolutely fine i think a lot of the people who are pretending that they've got a real issue with the idea that it's 100 balls uh would have just been as angry with it if it had been t20 because it's that that was their real issue was the idea that they were taking away their game their county game I think that's, that's a really important thing to kind of focus in on is that what we're talking about here is different audiences, different things that are going to attract different people, different demographics. Personally, I think what, 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 what we have right now is imperfect. As Bertie says, whatever we'd have had is imperfect. 
but the county championship is imperfect. The Royal London Cup is imperfect. The T20 Blast has always been imperfect. The John Player League was imperfect. Every single form of cricket has had massive issues all the way down the years. And we've always accepted it because you know what? We love the game. We love cricket and we want it to work. And so we look past these issues and we embrace its positives and its strengths and we make it work. We embrace what is good about it. And I think that's what's going to be the fundamental kind of key to, to the 100 success is whether or not there is that goodwill amongst the old crowd to look past the failures because the new crowd aren't going to see them because they're just going to see a really good, exciting game of cricket. We can but hope, and that seems like a lovely point for us to finish on, actually. Thank you very much uh, for listening. Uh, we're going to be back throughout the 100, throughout the summer, and throughout a long, long Ashes series throughout the end of the year. And, uh, and yeah, uh, we'll be back uh, later in the week or next week, depending on how into this tournament we get and how much free time we have. Ben, Ollie, Satch, thank you very much for joining me. And if you'd like to follow us, uh, we're at Wrong and Twitter. Uh, we're at Wrong and Cricket on Twitter. Always get that wrong. I'm currently the hottest man in Greatest Manchester at the moment, so my brain is like a cheese toasty. Ben, you are at Ben Jones. Oh, that's a, that's a blow. It's at Ben Jones Cricket, the hottest. Uh, well, cricket was going to be the the go to the go to one that came it's not to my at mind. At Ben Jones Badminton. <laughs> At Ben Jones, death to county cricket. I think that's what we're going to go with. <laughs> oh, uh, Christ. I get enough of that already, mate. Anyway, uh, that's everything for you getting today, guys. Uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks, mate. Goodbye. Bye. I think we need to strike a balance. Look, it's like yeah, Why is Hatch else. still here? Sorry. All right, Ben. No, he's trying to get rid of me. He's always been my least favorite. He's, I know. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a lot of conversations about this, Ben. I wouldn't soak that fire if I were you. Satch is my, Satch is my most favourite member of the podcast in terms of entertainment. By, by a long way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. I disagree with everything he says, but other than that.